Welcome to Align the Stars, a limited edition podcast. This is Align the Stars, a limited edition podcast on the Paul Zotter release, Songs Without a Chorus. This is Paul Zotter. Welcome to Align the Stars, a limited edition podcast. This is episode two, The Songs. Welcome back to Align the Stars. Paul, great to have you again. Great to be here, Joe. Thanks. I, I am very, very interested to get into the the songs on this release. So, so this release has four songs. It starts out with Second Chance, and then Down for Love, followed by Autumn Song, and then finishes up with Song Without a Chorus. Exactly. We had mentioned in the previous episode Second Chance and sort of the deeper meaning behind that, especially given the the uh, the coronavirus situation in 2020. But as I was looking back at your previous releases, your your previous releases under your own name tend to have sort of thematic groupings. Not 100%, but, but general yeah. thematic groupings. Sure. Guitars and Cars, to me, seems very much about the demise of relationships and how things go wrong. Bingo. <laughs> Sentimental is much more about the euphoric feelings that arise when relationships begin. It's much more mm-hmm. positive and uplifting. And I think with, from my perspective, with, with the sentimental release and the group of songs, and we'll get into this, I think it, it establishes a more sort of balanced, mature, healthy perspective of those sort of like that that middle ground but with the idea of someone who's been through some of the experiences in guitars and cars and 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 then sprinkle in some of the the required optimism of dealing with covid 2020 and and that's where we get here so it it, was was that sort of how this happened for you or one of the things that has helped me along in my journey from all those things that you said has been this um, this concept of uh, daring greatly. So I think I've we've talked about this a couple of different um, times. So there's this uh, I'm I'm going to call it pop culture psychologist uh, uh, Brené Brown, who's published a book called Dare Greatly. She had a wonderful TED talk, but it focused on a um, Theodore Roosevelt speech which is referred to as the man in the arena. And the, the point of that section of that speech is simply, that, is, is simply to say that, that doing things for the sake of doing things is the honorable path. That, you know, you cannot, there's always voices in your head, there's always voices in the world that will tell you no or criticize you for things. But the, but the, the, the man in the arena, if you will, is the one who deserves the credit. And the, the magic of that speech is the person who dedicates themselves to worthy causes. At best, if they win, they understand the, the thrill of high achievement. 
and if they lose, they have at least lost while daring greatly, so that they will never be among those who know neither victory nor defeat, because in a sense, they've never even tried. And so, so that has taken me to a lot of places, you know, in the last 10 years. And I am, you know, I'm the father of two teenage boys who are becoming young men and they have dreams, they have aspirations, and they also deal with the same types of, of voices that, you know, we've all heard the voices of doubt and, and the things that, that, um, that prevent us from even trying to do things in, in that grand scheme of things. I, you know, also had a couple of friends who have taken big steps in their lives to, to do things at a much later age than you would normally expect them to do things and to see them take those steps and to dare greatly has been inspiring to me. So all of that wrapped up and the whole idea around, there's a line in Second Chances that that says, um, you know, you can't win till you lose. necessarily know that that's true it was a line that i actually had written for another song that i wrote for my uh sons who were both experiencing like really terrible times when in, in playing the sport that they love and it was very difficult as a parent to watch your kids devastated as things unfolded and, and this is a few years ago because they just things weren't going well and you know my message to them was you know this what you're experiencing now makes achievement later that much better yeah and and so i wanted to include that in in this but but it's very much about you know the fact that it doesn't matter how old you are it doesn't matter where you think you are you can take your second chance and you know you can take what's yours so you know when i listened to this the first time i mean it musically it it tracks so perfectly with everything you've just described. And, and, and now it, it makes so much sense because like I said, musically, you're able to sort of project those possibilities that those vistas, those horizons that you can get to. And one of the things, one of the lines, and it may be, it may even be the last um, line on the song. I'm not hundred percent certain, but I wrote it down as I was going through this is do you dare? cool. I, I totally get this. Now, it's interesting, as you were talking about this just very recently, I think it came out this week, and you know, who knows how you get things, but um, sometimes this sort of directed marketing is a good thing. And I was put onto a podcast just this week by John Meacham called It Was Said. And mm -hmm. it focuses on you know, pivotal speeches, or at least it's purported to focus on pivotal speeches in American history. 
So, um, you know, the, the very first episode is on, on uh, Martin Luther King's last speech um, in, in Memphis and it brings in further context, but it, it, it again, it provides sort of this, this context of daring to be great. And at least when I listen to these speeches, that's where my mind immediately goes on, yeah. you know, you know, these are people who were putting themselves out there. And even though, and this is a total aside, even though people like, you know, um, Martin Luther King, and the reason why this is all tied together, and we'll get to that is the Kennedy speech at the end of this particular track. Yeah. Those people were, by all accounts, not necessarily great people in terms of what they did in their personal lives. And yet, their impact on American history is profound and undeniable. And, you know, so, you know, it, and I think that that sort of ties, at least in my mind, that's that sort of ties in with you don't have to be perfect to be successful and, you know, everything yeah. else. So so let's talk. Uh, you know, I love this song. It's, it's very proggy in the sense that you've got a two minute and 40 second outro. Absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that definitely helped, uh, you know. After after listening to progressive rock and going through the vinyl journey that I've had this year, you know, I definitely felt like I I had permission to to do that. You, so, you certainly uh, did. And then yeah. you shock me with you know doing a little and and I can only imagine that you know listening to so much Pink Floyd this year, you had sound design ideas in your head because all of a sudden I hear John F. Kennedy speaking underneath all of this. So yeah. Uh, which which speech is that? I couldn't quite pick it out. And and what drew you to that one specifically? So that is that is actually JFK quoting the man in the arena speech. Really? Okay, yeah. that's beautiful. So I definitely wanted to have uh, some sort of nod to the to that speech it was really hard to find audio for that but i was able to find audio of the um of the jfk version in the mix it's super clear to me so i wonder you know I, there's there's sort of a intentional you know maybe it will be hard to tell to tell what he's saying maybe it'll be hard and you know if, if people really want to track it down they they will but it's um i really wanted to have that at the end and and we might talk about it when we talk to the guys, but I, you know, imagine the basic recording of that, that I sent to, you know, the guys and said, Hey, and I, and I put this note in there and I said, I know it's going to seem crazy. I said, but I want you to keep playing all the way to the end. And because I didn't know exactly what I was going to do, but I had, I had some ideas and, and they, they, came off like like when you're dealing with the brilliance of like dave tig dave dewitt um they when they just kind of are wanking around it's like pure magic <laughs> and, and so it they really they really came through in spades there at, at that very end well i can't wait to hear their perspective on, on how they came about but that just i mean everything just you know what a what a fantastic way to start it out just everything crystallized for me personally on that i'm like this is wonderful <laughs> Then we move into to Down for Love. I mean this with, with the warmest <laughs> intention, but it's not often that Paul's otter just lays down a groove, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. But, but there it is. 
And um, it, it, it does have a groove, and it does have a chorus, which I'm not going to quibble with you about. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we do have a little bit more sound design here. So, so talk a little bit about Down for Love and, and what, that, you know, what that means in the greater context, or if it has any greater context. Yeah, so Down for Love is pretty funny. I, this was a song that sometimes, you know, shit just comes out of you. This, this was the, the main idea... Came around, I think it came at like sort of the end of, of Thanksgiving of 2019, beginning of December 2019. And I was just playing guitar and I started playing this. And, and I was struck by, to me, it felt like it was, it was, I felt like I was channeling when I first started playing just the guitar, you know, the acoustic guitar riff. I felt like I was channeling a little bit of like Peter Gabriel's um, Digging in the Dirt, right? Mm, okay. And, um, and so that's kind of, where I was going and I, and I kept coming up with this and I didn't have any words. I didn't really know what, what it was, but I kept coming up with this chorus, you know, um, you know, come on down to the other, down to the other. And I was like, ah, I was like, this is nothing like in my, cause in my mind I was planning for this, you know, larger thematic progressive project. And I was like, well, this won't do. <laughs> so, so I, I just kind of put it aside and, and didn't worry about it. So, it seemed, but apparently I had at one time thrown a, you know, worked on some drum beats for it and, and you know, just at least put, you know, the basic song down because I thought, well, this is fun. I might come back to this. So when I realized, oh, I have this, I just, I started jumping in and the, the it, you know, sometimes if you find out what a song is about, it might actually make it worse than yeah. it really is. It happens. But, but basically... Uh, lyrically, this is my reaction to online dating. whole idea of you know looking through my phone out into the world and and seeing all of these people and and trying to ascertain who they are and what their story is and and whether or not their their level of crazy is going to be okay for me to you know <laughs> swipe in the right direction and and then and then the realization that they all these people out there are you know passing the same judgment you know yeah. upon me and uh, and so and so yeah and then so there's some fun sound design because you know the last line really of the song is um you know potentially finding someone and you know there you know there's a hundred memories that this might be um but I'm the one forgotten and then it just sort of enters into more of a dreamy state with um with a a, a really nice voiceover uh from one of my friends on fiverr.com who uh, who just delivered some fun, some fun narration for me. So. That's awesome. And, and, you know, it, uh, yeah, the, the whole online dating thing obviously amplified in 
in the the time of COVID as well. Yeah, big big smoking guitar solo from uh, Don Musumeci on on this one too, which was uh, stellar. Absolutely smoking. I love it. Yeah, the, the, this is so good. Now moving on to Autumn Song. Yeah. How long has Autumn Song been around? Was that recorded in the early nineties? Yeah, it, it, indeed it was. Um, or written, I should say. It was it was recorded or demoed or whatever it is way back yeah. then. But yeah, I yeah. So my my senior year of college, the intention is for this to all be in the you know the quote unquote uh, listener guide or liner notes. Or in my senior year of college, I had a wonderful um, English writing class, and uh, we had different you know every week there was like a different essay you had to write. And one one week early on in the semester we were charged with writing about, um, I can't remember what the assignment was, but I chose to write about memories. And um, I started, I wrote this essay. I did receive an A for the grade. Very but, nice. Um, I decided to write this essay about memories and how uh, memories weave, ribbon, weave ribbons, which I stole from Stephen Foster's uh, song, uh, one of the songs from Pippin. Mm. And I, the, the paper was basically about how Autumn triggers an endless array of memories for me it's actually very funny to read the the essay because it's written from the perspective of a 21 year old right and and you would you would think i was like this old man writing it <laughs> as i'm talking about all these great memories of my life and everything but the um the the, the idea is uh about the paper was how autumn triggers um amazing uh, memories that sort of inspire me, you know, through the next, you know, the next whatever part of my life that I'm about to to leave. So, After I graduated college, I wrote Autumn Song, and then I demoed it, you know, on a four-track. And uh, you know, I actually did. I think I demoed that with Colby Dransfield. I think we, we, uh, he put keyboards on and and sort of did some, you know, keyboard bass to, to to spice that original demo up. And and there it has been for how how long has it been? Twenty six, twenty seven yeah. years. And actually, as I as I pretty much finished recording everything else for this and I was looking at when this was going to be released, I realized, well, this is going to all land, you know, September, October ish. Uh, and I've, I've always wanted to redo autumn song and, and release it in the fall. And, and I was like, this is my chance. So, uh, that's perfect. So yeah, I spent, I spent a good chunk of, of July, uh, working on that. That's, that's wonderful. This has always been one of my favorites. In terms of, you know, this constructed, well, this theme, whether it's constructed or not, around hopefulness. Now, is, is there a little, to use palaver terminology, sonic dissonance here? Because there are, there are aspects of these 
presumably these memories in Autumn Song that seem less than ideal, but musically it, it ultimately presents a, to me, a very hopeful outlook. Is that consistent? Is that real? I, I hope I, I hope so. Yeah, for sure. I you know like the line, you know the simple song of Autumn Song will carry on his journey. Yeah. You know it's it's hope it's sort of that reengagement every year of the things that inspire you the most and the things that have created your very best memories, and then um, you know the 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 hold on mantra, you know hold on to to um, to your ribbon, the memory you weave is hopeful that you're you're not finished. You know, weaving memories that there are there are future memories to to be made. So for sure, absolutely wonderful. Uh, yeah, I was I was I was absolutely thrilled to uh, to see this uh, this song sort of um, <laughs> dusted off, if you will, and, and brought back. And and I think I think the musicians that you have, I'm assuming everyone played on all of these tracks, or was this one mainly you? So this one, uh, this is fun. This is mainly me. I've, I, you know, there, there are certain songs that as I'm going through, um, I enjoy playing bass and I, and I think I have, I have some things to offer the bass, the basing community, if, if that's such a thing. <laughs> um, but many times as I'm putting a song together, I, I'm like, okay, I, I need Dave Tig to play on this because yeah. he, he's, he's an amazing bass player. He's an amazing musician. So so he plays bass on this. And one of the magical things that, that happened in this was I actually said to, I, and I probably know many uh, um, female vocalists, but I said to Dave Tig, I said, hey, do, you, do we know any, you know, any female singers that, that can lay this harmony? And he was like, nope. And so I was like, okay, I'll just do it falsetto. And, and I did it. And a couple weeks later, he... Um, he got, you know, got back to me and hooked me up with uh, a gentleman by the name of Rick Mealy. And Rick um, introduced me to his daughter, Erin, who is a young vocalist. And he is a, uh, a uh, he's got a studio in his house. So she actually recorded the female backing part, which I have been waiting to hear for, <laughs> you know, since 1993. So... It was. She did a, a, a terrific job, and it's uh, it's wonderful to hear. But everything. The other fun part was I got some new orchestra software that I got to to play around with right. um, on the song too. So that was fun. And then we can finish up with a song without a chorus. Now, um, you know, here again, I think this sort of summarizes this this idea of to me it, listening to it. It 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 sort of summarizes this idea of of getting older but still having this sort of positive outlook as you, you know, it, it basically you get to a point where you realize some things are important, some things aren't important, and I'm not going to let the things that aren't important weigh me down. Right? I like that. I like that for sure. This is, this, this was the song that I wrote that made me realize I have to stop working on guitars and cars and, and, and like move on in life. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Because guitars and cars was taking forever to to complete, and I I mean that's a five song EP, and I had about four more songs that I wanted to work on, and and um and I, and then I wrote a song without a chorus, and I was like, okay, I just have to stop and release that, and then and then move on in life. But this song, it it's very much what you say. 
you know, obviously, as you as you mentioned, Guitars and Cars was uh, a sort of a, a cathartic expression of a lot of the things that I was going through in that that portion of my life and ha- and sort of how I worked through it. And you know, when you work through things in in your own life, sometimes you you kind of feel like you're singular in these experiences that you're the one going through it and that there's you know you you, you can feel sorry for yourself um i was having a chat with a friend of mine and i had you know as i often do i'm like oh you know we're gonna come see you guys perform and and then he shared some news with me that was quite unexpected uh about his own relationships and 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 his own relationship that 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 was um was ending and i was struck by that by that chat that we had that quite literally man i never thought that kind of shit would happen yeah. like that's amazing to me and um i was messing around with a with a dad gad tuning and everything just started started happening the uh, the other piece about that song is it's also inspired somewhat by the uh there's there's a, a book and i should know the artist i should have i should or the uh, the author um another one of those fun pop psychological book books maybe um but it's called willful blindness mm. oh and it, <laughs> i yeah, know all about right? that <laughs> yeah so it's a really it's a really interesting concept and a really interesting read about how we willfully accept things that we just know are not true or we willfully accept uh, we, we will willfully be blinded to truths because we want we want the truth to be something else. The opening, the opening uh, sort of prologue to that is something, a, a section called Affinity and Beyond. And it really talks about how we as humans are simply programmed to be attracted to those who are very similar to us. Mm. And that's why we end up with friends that are just like us. And, and you know, we, we and, and it's an exploration of how that's really good. And it's also an exploration of how that can also cause us trouble in in things like there's nothing uh maybe there's there's something worse than this but one of the one of the pitfalls of of you know professional corporate life is when you build a team of people who are exactly like you oh yeah absolutely Um, right the need for diversity of thought and the need the need for people who are different from you to be a part of your team to to create something and and in large part that's critical in music too you know you 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 and I think that we haven't really touched upon that in, in, in our progressive palaver. Uh, sometimes is that is that you know people all coming together, all coming from the same fabric, all thinking the same things, are probably not going to deliver the same. They will deliver some great stuff, but in the long run, they're probably going to fall short in certain areas compared to a group of people from a lot of different angles coming through. And um and and that's that's kind of where all of this. But yes, at the at the end of the day, it is simply about hey, there's a lot of shit that can bring us down, and you know we need to focus on the good things and 
realize how good we have it and, um, you know, and move on. Outstanding. So this, uh, this will close sort of our, our look at the songs. Um, and then next episode, we'll go into the musicians themselves who helped craft these songs. So yes. thanks, Paul. I appreciate it. Thanks. In episode 3 of Align the Stars, we'll meet the musicians who helped Paul with this EP. listening to Align the Stars, a limited edition podcast. 